I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, We'll get back to the football calls in just a sec, but congratulations in order to one Garrett Cole who took home the American League Cy Young Award last night, and, and deservedly so. I mean, there was not going to be any sort of a debate. I mean, you knew that he was going to win it. The only question was going to be, would it be of the unanimous variety? And it was. And like I said, he very, very much deserves it. And, and not that individual accolades are needed, per se, but now he gets to not be on that list of, you know, best pitchers to never win a Cy Young and things like that. Very, very deserving. Remember, he was a runner-up two times, Previously in his career, once with the Yankees and once with the Houston Astros, could have very easily won it that year with the Astros especially, but they gave it to his buddy Verlander a few seasons back. But when you take a step back and you assess where the Yankees are right now in trying to build this thing and to get back to where every Yankee fan thinks that they should be, which is competing for a championship, and that's the thing that's been drilled into their minds pretty much since birth that the Yankees are going to compete for a championship every single season. And by and large, they do, at least over the last 25 years, except for this past year, when they had their worst season in three decades. Now, how do you change that? You got the general manager who's out there snippy with the media, taking shots at one of his star players, knowing full well that there's work to be done. The owner who's maybe not as aggressive enough according to the fan base, that they want more venom and more anger and they want tables to be flipped over from Hal Steinbrenner, and that doesn't happen, right? So what will please the Yankee fan? And I don't know if all those things are going to be accomplished in one offseason. Now, do I think the Yankees are going to be as bad as they were last year? No, I'm not going to say that. But a funny thing happened along the way, too. While the Yankees not just had one season this year that you'd like to forget, even the past couple of seasons, little by little, the landscape has started to change in the American League East. And when you look at the division right now that the Yankees find themselves in, you can't just roll out of bed on opening day and expect the Yankees to rule the roost. It doesn't work that way anymore because the Baltimore Orioles have gotten substantially better. And they took their lumps for a good number of years, and they were one of the laughing stocks in all the sports. But it paid off because now they win 100 games this season. They have an incredible amount of young talent in that organization. Eventually, and I don't know when, Angelos is going to open up the checkbook and allow them to go out and get free agents and bring in big-ticket players, which he didn't do last year. Think about that. Their biggest free agent acquisition last season was Kyle Gibson, and they won 101 games. Imagine if they actually went out there and tried to play checkbook baseball and tried to make a big splash. Now, maybe this is going to be it. We'll see. But that Baltimore team is not going anywhere. Tampa Bay, regardless of who's rumored to be traded out of there and who leaves the organization to go run some other franchise, they're always going to find a way, right? It's like an assembly line in Tampa Bay. They just keep churning out talent. They just keep churning out wins year in and year out. They had how many pitchers this past year go under the knife and miss time with Tommy John surgery? What, four, five? I lost count. And they still won close to 100 games. You know, there's already talk that the Blue Jays 
might be one of the teams lying in the weeds to maybe go out there and bring in a, a Shohei Otani. But you know that they're going to be aggressive. You know that they still have a lot of talent on that baseball team. You know, the Red Sox, they got to figure out what the hell they're going to do up there. Now that Craig Breslow is the one who is running baseball operations, are they, going to, are, are they going to go out there and do business like the Boston Red Sox used to? Are they going to spend a lot of money like they used to? Are they just going to have one continuous carryover from when Hein Bloom was there and it was kind of, hey, we're going to be smart, we're going to try to develop, we're not going to go out there and be as aggressive in free agency, and on and on and on. Bottom line is, this division's legit. It's real. And the Yankees, if they don't get their act in order here pretty soon, they're going to be left standing on the side of the road while the parade goes by. Because Lord knows there haven't been money parades around here anytime soon. And so Garrett Cole wins the Cy Young Award, right? That's great. But don't you think it also calls to mind something maybe bigger that's going on with the Yankees? In that, how much longer is Garrett Cole going to be this effective? He's 32 years old. He's got a lot of innings on that arm. A lot of innings. Turns 33 next year. And I'm not talking about contracts and how much he's signed for. He ain't going anywhere. But what I'm saying is is that you're talking about somebody who pretty much is going to give you, if it's not a strike-shortened season or anything like that or COVID or a pandemic, he's going to give you 200 innings. But ultimately, that's going to take its toll. And when you look at the starting rotation in particular, I mean, that's something that we bellyached about all last year. They need some help. Now, they tried last offseason, and they swung and missed spectacularly with Carlos Rodon. And on November the 16th, I cannot sit here with any sort of certainty and tell you that Rodon is going to be any better next year. I have no idea. Maybe Carlos Rodon is going to be added to that long list of guys who we thought were going to be major marquee acquisitions, and then they get into this city and they just can't hack it for whatever reason. Okay, I'm not sitting there trying to say that that is indeed going to be reality for Rodon, but the jury is still out, and he's got to perform, and he's got to turn this thing around. He has to. But then what does the rest of the Yankee rotation look like? You know, Severino, gone. Goodbye. Thanks for the memories. You know, we'll send you a fruit basket every so often. We'll invite you back for Old Timers Day 40 years from now. You prepared to give both Michael King and Clark Schmidt a spot in this starting rotation? In a perfect world, I'd only like to maybe give one of those guys a spot and put the other in the pen in some capacity, kind of being in that, flex role just to be able to kind of serve two masters in a way and then Nestor Cortez what's he going to be like after a lost season a guy who as I keep reminding you people a couple of years ago he threw a career high in innings and you never know how a pitcher individually is going to respond after one of those years when he's never had to do it before Sometimes the arm or the shoulder, whatever it is, the elbow, it just doesn't want to respond. And I think that was the case with Rodon this year. Or, yeah, uh, Nestor, excuse me. What is that going to be like in 2024? Have no idea. So when you factor in Garrett Cole, you add Aaron Judge's name to the conversation too. Even though he's not a pitcher, but guess what? Aaron Judge is already north of 30 years of age. And he had a freakish injury last year, which cost him... A little bit of time, and it zapped him of his effectiveness, as we know. So, Judge Cole, 
don't you want to make sure that you go out there and do everything humanly possible to surround those guys with enough capable pieces to where the Yankees are a championship contender, a legit championship contender? Don't show it to the organization. Don't show it to the fans. And more importantly, don't show it to those two guys. What are you paying them over $300 million for? These are their prime years, and you don't know what the expiration date is going to be. It could be two seasons from now. It could be five seasons from now. You hope it's on the ladder if you're a fan. Of course. But in the case with Cole, like, watching him win that Cy Young last night and then thinking about it, if you're a baseball fan in this city, just don't go go back, you know, four or five years. That's all you got to do. Remember when Jacob DeGrom was here and he was at the peak of his powers and he won back-to-back Cy Young Awards and he was a little bit of an older pitcher, right? Because he was kind of a late bloomer in baseball. He wasn't called up when he was 21 years of age. He got a late start on this thing. So DeGrom won his two Cy Youngs. He was 30 and 31. Not all that different from Cole. And what happened those two seasons? You couldn't ask for anything more from a single pitcher. And the Mets did not make the playoffs in either one of those two seasons, in 18 and 19. And then he was pretty darn good the next season, too, even in the pandemic, the 60-game Fugazi season. Mets didn't make the playoffs. Essentially wasting Jacob DeGrom's prime years. And then what happened? Jacob DeGrom no longer on the team, goes to Texas, and he's a World Series champion, oddly enough. And he pitched only, what, five games for the Texas Rangers. The Yankees can't have that happen to them. And I know that sometimes you think just going out there and signing guys to the biggest contract, spending the most money, that that's ultimately going to produce a winner for you. Not necessarily the case. It's about making wise decisions in your organization. And so uh, Chapman, Cashman could go out there, And he can spew whatever type of obscenities and curses and whatever at the media and defend the organization on how they do business. Here's the bottom line. Sports is what have you done for me lately? And you're only as good as your last game. You're only as good as your last season, if you will. And that's all we have to judge it on if you're the New York Yankees. And their last season was garbage. It's the worst one that they have put out there in three decades. So the GM could say this. He could say that. We're not going to know if he's right or not until they actually start playing games again in the spring. But in the meantime, you got two shiny new cars in your garage. And if you want to take them out for a spin every once in a while and get something out of them and maximize the return you spent on it, well, you better take care of them. And you better make sure that they're well taken care of. Meaning, go improve the roster. Don't roll the dice. Don't take as many chances. Oh, and by the way, the only reason they're in this position, it's not because of the missteps of what happened last offseason and last year. This was something that has been cumulative for the Yankees. We talked about it all summer as it was slowly deteriorating. Think about all the wrong moves, the bad trades over the last few years that led up to 2023 and a subpar season for a franchise which judges judges itself on one thing and one thing only, championships. And you got two prized commodities right now. You want to be like the Angels? Right? You want to be like those guys? To where Mike Trout's got three MVPs, 
Shohei Otani now has two MVPs. So think about that. You have two guys on your team that won a total of five Most Valuable Player awards while they were wearing your uniform. Not together, of course, but at one time or another. And you have nothing to show for it. Nothing. Yankees can't make that same mistake with these two guys. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know, it's funny, too, because... Cole wins the Cy Young in the American League. Get Blake Snell, who wins it in the National League from the San Diego Padres. And by the way, I, I, that is a guy, you know, congratulations to him. I hope he's, you know, he will get his money. Not that I hope he gets his money. He will get his money. But that is somebody that is a hard pass, as far as I'm concerned, with either of the two locals here. Certainly from a Met perspective, that is not the guy that uh, I would be advised to be given all the hundreds of millions of dollars to. I am just not exactly a big fan of his game. Way pitches, and I just don't think it would necessarily fly here. But the weird thing about Snell is, like, he enters rarefied air now. Seven guys who have won the Cy Young in multiple leagues, and he's on that list. <laughs> it's I mean, you got, like, Hall of Famers on that list, and then Blake Snell. It's just crazy, crazy, crazy. But you know what? Good for him, really and truly. He deserves it. Uh, let's say hi to Rob in Boston, who's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Rob, how are you? how are you? Robbie, what's going on? <laughs> love you uh in the mornings when you hit up uh with uh, Roth, uh Rothenberg and DPHO. Um so pleasure to speak to you. Um yeah. Yankee Fair and out here in Boston, relocated. Uh followed uh followed work. Um not the easiest place to be a Yankee fan, but uh catch the games <laughs> when I can. Yeah, um, neither team was any good last year. Think about it, right? Oh, I know it was actually uh it was uh, it was tough, but it was uh, uh, definitely uh, nice to come out on top, uh, even in a uh, in a down year. At least uh, we can enjoy each other's spoils. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, We're fourth place. Thing, yeah, exactly. We're better <laughs> than you. Um, I think the hardest thing right now, thinking about the the off season, is uh, 
hearing the big names when you know that there are so many different positions that need to be fulfilled for the Yankees to become relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the, I guess that's kind of like one of the bigger things that I'm just kind of calling about is just like, oh yeah, you know, you hear Soto, you hear, um, oh, the Yankee staff is going to be okay next year. Like there it's not. Um, oh, the, you can always count on the relievers to be, be there. Well, not necessarily. And we don't really have that ace closer. We don't have a, yeah, you got Michael King, but is he becoming a starter? Who's going to be seven, eight, nine. And who's our back end of the rotation? Who's three, four, five. Right. Even though we have Rodon, where's the left side of our infield and outfield? So there's so many questions. So what you're, so, so what you're saying is that there's a lot of areas that the Yankees have to fulfill, Rob. That's that, that that's what we're talking about right yeah. now, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. And, and that's the thing. And, Rob, thanks a lot for the phone call. I appreciate you uh, checking in with us. Look, you're asking me right now where I think the Yankees need to start things off. You look at the starting rotation, which I spent some time harping on there in the last block. I think they need to go out and get two starting pitchers this offseason. I don't think that it's crazy for them to do so. Remember, that magical year in 2009, the last time they were in the World Series, they went out there and they got CC and they got A.J. Burnett in the offseason. Two impact starting pitchers for you. Now, Otani's a pipe dream. It's not happening. All right, Otani's not coming to the East Coast. He's not going to be a Met. He's not going to be a Yankee. So forget about that. Yamamoto is intriguing. And look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the ins and outs of Yamamoto and how he pitches and what this guy. I've never watched the guy pitch live, okay? I'm not really necessarily staying up late watching Japanese baseball on a regular basis. I'm not. But. They say that he's even better than Kodai Senga. And Kodai Senga wasn't half bad this year, right? And it might be a, fa- a case where the Mets and the Yankees are both in on Yamamoto. And they're both vying for his services. And that would be intriguing. And then if it gets into a bidding war potential. I mean, look, if you're, if, if, if you're Yamamoto, uh, Yamamoto and New York is the place for you, do you have a preference, Mets or Yankees? Right? Does it help maybe that? Senga's already on the Mets? Or is it just going to come down to who's going to give me the the biggest contract? And I'm going to go to the highest dollar. And then if that's the case, look. Steve Cohen, Hal Steinbrenner. One guy's proven to spend more money than any other owner in baseball. And the other guy likes to spend, but he hasn't necessarily gone crazy yet. And I think that that's what a lot of Yankee fans are waiting for. They're waiting for Hal Steinbrenner to go out there and just go absolutely nuts when it comes to spending. Is it going to be on this one free agent pitcher? Who knows? But there's a couple of guys, like I said, that the Yankees could go out there and get. You know, and if you just want to talk about bats, for example, I think that Bellinger is a perfect fit for this team. Now, there's a lot of suitors. Don't get me wrong. The Giants are going to be in on Cody Bellinger. I think the Cubs are going to try real hard to even bring him back. Bellinger would be a great fit for the Yankees. Number one, he's a lefty bat. Number two, you go out there and he'll play a really, really good center field for you. He could even switch over and play a little first base if need be. He's versatile in that regard. And I think that he's over the shoulder issues that were plaguing him those last couple of years out there in L.A. to where he barely even looked like the guy 
who was once an MVP and you thought one of the stars in Major League Baseball and stars for years to come. He got it back. He got it back. And I don't think that – I don't think Bellinger's resurgence this past year, by the way, is going to be a case of, oh, this is a guy who only decided to play because he knew that he needed a contract. I think that it was a health-related issue more than anything else. And that's why I said he is beyond the shoulder. I'll tell you one guy, by the way, that really, really piques my curiosity, at least for the Mets, because they also need some pitching, by the way. I think Jordan Montgomery would be a great fit. And I don't think Jordan Montgomery is going back to the Yankees. Not the way they shipped him out of here and not the way the general manager, your boy, Brian Cashman, told the whole world that Jordan Montgomery wasn't going to be good enough to pitch in the postseason for them, and that's why they made him expendable. They could put $500 million in front of Jordan Montgomery. I don't think he's coming back to the Bronx. But I think he would fit really, really well in Queens. It's funny, too, because both of these teams right now, the way that they're lined up, I think that they could both benefit from adding some starting pitch. I mean, they both, like, the needs are kind of the same. I mean, that's what happens when you don't make the playoffs, right? You have a lot of things that you have to tend to and a lot of things that you have to work on. Pitching, bullpen, it's a good place to start. I think the Yankees could probably even use one more bat than the Mets right now. But as we talked about saying pretty much all throughout the postseason when the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers and all these teams, you know, were making these runs and shocking the world, it doesn't take a lot to stay in this thing. Not in Major League Baseball, not when you have all these teams that make the postseason right now. All you got to be is hovering around 500 when September rolls around and you got a chance. So like in the Mets case, when they waved the white flag at the trade deadline and basically told you, oh, you know, hey. You know, we don't think we're going to win the – or who was it? You know, Max Scherzer said that Billy Epler told him, well, they're not going to win next year. It's going to be the year after that. Well, Billy Epler's gone. Okay, Billy Epler's someplace right now manipulating a fake injury list someplace, maybe for like a Little League team. Jimmy's on the IL because he stubbed his toe when he was playing video games. Right? Steve Cohen, he's going to get that itch, and he's going to want to get back to contention. He doesn't want a season like they had last year where they were essentially playing meaningless games from August on. But the David Stearns influence is something that we can't forecast right now because if David Stearns has Steve Cohen's ear and David's telling him, you know, because he comes from a small market and he's steeped in the analytics and he didn't have the Steve Cohen checkbook all those years with the Brewers. You know, if David Stearns tells Steve, he's like, hey, Steve, you know what? I don't think this free agency class is all that to write home about because I could sell you on a guy who makes half the money and see my data spreadsheet right here, and it says that A, B, and C is going to be good enough for you. We don't know how that's going to play itself out, unfortunately. Fortunately, unfortunately. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. And, there, you know, I don't know if you saw the news today, but it, it, it still just stings when you read or hear about a team having to relocate. And it's going to happen here with the Oakland A's. They're going to be moving to Vegas. Only the second relocation in a half century in Major League Baseball. Remember, the Expos moved from Montreal to Washington now about, God, almost 20 years ago, believe it or not. But it's sad for the baseball fans out there. Not that the past couple of years haven't been depressing. Just putting on the TV and watching one of those games where nobody goes. And you think, you know, last year, think about it, 10... They drew, what, about 10 people a game out there at the Coliseum? 
They still have to play next year there because that's when the lease expires after 2024. So if they had 10 people that went to the games last year, who's going this year now that they know the team is leaving? Two? You blindfold somebody and then all of a sudden they walk into the Coliseum by mistake and then they're at the game. They're like, ah, we've come this far. Might as well just stay. Have a hot dog. Have a beer. But you are talking about baseball tradition and history. I know that recent history hasn't been all that great, and it's been about money ball and cutting corners and pinching pennies, but, I mean, the Oakland A's, once upon a time, they were a powerhouse in baseball. Powerhouse. I mean, you realize since they moved to Oakland, the only team that's won more World Series than the Oakland A's have been the New York Yankees. And now that's gone. It's going out the window. Funny thing is they're going to have to find a place to play because that new stadium in Vegas that they're building is not going to be ready until 2028. So they're probably going to be playing games at their minor league park in the PCL, which means the ball's going to be flying out of there like it does in that league. I don't like seeing it. As bad as things have gotten in Oakland, you know what? If John Fisher, the owner, would have actually dug in his pockets a little bit and taken some of that revenue-sharing money and put it into the on-field product of the club, maybe we wouldn't be having this discussion. And maybe forked over a little bit of his own money to help get that stadium kick-started, which was less than $100 million, by the way. He didn't want to make that commitment. Javier's in Queens. He's up next here on 98.7. What's up, Javier? How we doing? I'm great, Dan. How are you? Good. I mean, as always, you're putting up an incredible show. Um, no, Javier, stop with that. Javier, stop with that. We're, Javier, come on. It's barely, an, it's barely an hour in the show. We're barely even on the road yet. Stop with that stuff. I, we haven't done anything yet. If I just quit right now, this would be like an incomplete. It would be an incomplete. I mean, so far, you, you might be up for a Marconi for this one, but that's, that's not for me to decide. But, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear Oakland? it. What's happening in Oakland is a complete travesty. That's not what I'm calling about, but that is, that is so sad because that fan base deserves so much better. Um, but I'm, just, I'm calling about the Yanks. I've called you about the Yanks uh, before in the past. I try to be a very realistic fan. I really don't dump on them that much. The whole year I kept calling up, telling people to calm down because Cashman and Boone were going nowhere. You know, things are just going to kind of be this way for a while. Like, I, I was just telling the screener, you know, there are so many delusional fans out there that just think that, you know, players still want to just come here just to play for the Yankees, just to put on the pinstripes. Um, like, they, they don't want to grow beards and they don't want tattoos. Like, it, it, it's so far from reality. Like, these guys love to stop. They don't want to pay taxes. They want to grow beards. Like, no one is coming here on a discount. Like, look at David Ross. Like, this guy got fired by the Cubs. The Yankees offered him a job, and he couldn't say no fast enough. And back in the day, he was the type of guy that, you know, he would have been a Yankee the, the second he was he was free to, to be there. You know, like, I, I don't think there's any quick fix with this team. I agree with you. I think Bellinger makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't mind getting Soto. There, there are good players for them to get. But if you look at the big picture right now, they don't spend like that anymore. The league has completely changed, and I don't anticipate – like a a a, a one a, you know a one eighty for for this team like they're they're always gonna they're they're probably gonna cons- consistently still almost get to ninety wins put up a decent team and you know what look at how this year went the Diamondbacks went to the World Series and and they were not a very good team at all so you know maybe the Yankees are just looking at the league right now and saying we don't have to outspend we don't have to do this we can, we can get lucky and and so far since 
2017, they just have not gotten lucky. They've made bad decisions along the way, but, like, they're, they're not going to go out there and spend like crazy. It's, well, it's you not going to happen that way. Javier, you know what it is? And I, and I thank you for the phone call, my friend. I really do. Look, it is a little bit different. Now, when you say don't spend like crazy, though, Yankees had the second-highest payroll in the sport. Like, we don't think of them going out there and making the big splash maybe on an individual basis like they used to, and their big-ticket guys are guys that they re-sign. You know, like Aaron Judge, for example, give him the crazy. All right, Cole was the big, the big fish in the free agent water that they got from some other team. Stan fell into their lap, but Judge was a guy that they re-signed, and God forbid if they ever lost him and let him go to the Giants, what would we be talking about right now? You know, there's different ways to skin academy. The Texas Rangers, for example, Texas spent money. It took them a couple of years, but it worked out. Remember, they gave a half a billion dollars, billion would it be, to Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. And Corey Seager was a World Series MVP. These guys were number two and three in the MVP award just now uh, for the American League this season. They gave Jacob DeGrom a boatload of money, and I know he only pitched six games, but they went out there and they paid Evaldi. They gave John Gray money. You know, so little by little, they tried to piece this thing together, and then they go out there and they hire a Hall of Fame manager who put it all together. But that's not the only way to build a winner, right? Rangers also had a lot of good kids in their farm system, too, that they ended up getting. You know, I don't want to rub salt in the wound, for example, but, you know, you got another guy, too, for example, on that Texas Rangers team, right? Kid who went out there and guys like, you know, uh, uh, unheralded players to a certain extent. Leody Tavares, good little player. Finding, you know, it's guys like that that you always have to maybe kind of capitalize on and bring through your system. What about somebody like, you know, Ezekiel Duran? And he's a guy who, you know, as the season kind of went on a little bit, maybe wasn't as critical, but the reason I bring up Ezekiel Duran, Ezekiel Duran was a guy who was a Yankee, and they traded him to the Texas Rangers for Joey Gallo. How did that work out? Ezekiel Duran clubbed like, you know, a dozen home runs in the first half of the season. He looked like a really, really useful player for them. Sometimes even little moves like that can come back to bite you or they can really kickstart you to where you want to go. All right, we'll continue this conversation coming up here. When we return, though, we'll dive a little bit deeper into the offseason, the hot stove, and what's in store for the Mets and Yankees. Our buddy John Harper of SNY is going to join us coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, well, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. So do me a favor, will you? Visit FanDuel.com slash Grasa, G-R-A-C-A, and you can kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. you got to be 21 and over and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. 
bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hot stove is, well... I guess it's already lit. We haven't really had a lot of news yet, but it's coming. Don't worry. It'll be here before you know it. Joining us now, though, to talk a little bit about the plans for both of our baseball locals here is our good buddy, longtime baseball columnist, SNY. You see him. You read him on SNY TV. My good pal, John Harper. Harp, how you doing, my friend? Pretty good, Dan. How you doing? Oh, no complaints whatsoever, and a happy Thanksgiving to you in advance before I forget. I mean, hell, we're only seven days away. Can't believe it's here, but... <laughs> Um, that usually means action in the hot stove. We get pat. We got to get to Thanksgiving. Let that's right, baby. Action. Let's get it going. I'm all for it. Um, what do you make first off? What do you make of the Brian Cashman behavior over the last week or so here? Um, what's his end game? You think? Uh, I'm not sure, but I can tell you, I have seen that behavior before. Usually, it's in private quarters. Uh, Brian's not afraid to let it fly when he's not when he's upset with something you've written. I can tell you that. Uh, but it's usually not for public consumption. So that was uh, it was kind of strange. He's very, you know, listen, he feels strongly about his process, the way he does things, the people he's hired. And, uh, you know, from what I heard, I've heard from, you know, people, baseball people and Yankee people that he wanted to, he wanted to kind of do that. Uh, I'm not sure if he wanted to do it to the extent he did, but he felt like he needed to get it out there and let people know that, uh, he, he's not, he doesn't believe the, the uh, kind of the narratives that uh, he's in the wrong and the too analytic, all that stuff that we heard. But I don't know, you know, the end game, that's a great question because I'm not sure there was one other than to let the people who, who, who are working for him know that he believes they're doing things right, all that, which is great, but you still need results. That's the bottom line. And I still think it came off as a little tone deaf because that's the last thing fans want to hear right now. And I even tweeted at the time that, it almost feels like, I mean, don't they understand how angry fans are with them? I mean, it was coming on the heels of Hal Steinbrenner having a, a Zoom session that day <laughs> where he basically said they were going to start bunting more. That was their <laughs> his big answer. So it, it just feels like, you know, it, the timing wasn't great because, I mean, you do have to respect where the fans, the fans, the fans are, are more up in arms than ever about the way things have gone and about Cashman in particular. So, I guess this is his way of fighting back, but I didn't feel like it was really the right time. But then the comments about Giancarlo Stanton attack, no, I don't want to say attacking him. And look, he's speaking the truth. He said that Giancarlo Stanton's probably going to be hurt again, which I think if we all had our last dollar to bet that that was going to happen, it probably is the case. But I, I just don't know what he hopes to win with that battle. Then you have the agent getting involved. And oh, by the way, it's the agent for Yamamoto. So is that really serving the Yankees well? Yeah, well, we, one thing we know about Cashman too, he's not afraid to take on players. He's, he's uh, he, you know, he's made enemies of guys like Jeter and Posada over the years uh, when he feels like, you know, he needs to be some have some straight talk. But again, Stanton, this is a different situation. This had nothing to do with a contract or anything like that. So again, not sure. I think I think maybe he was just he was on a roll and it got maybe got away from him. I, I would think that's one he probably didn't really want out there because. From all indications, Stanton has been a you know he's been a first class guy in the way he works and everything else. The injuries are something that they've tried everything as far as I can tell. They changed up his program, so not sure again end game there. Other than you know, there's some speculation that he you know somehow he's trying to convince uh, Stanton maybe to waive his no trade clause, but I don't no. know. I'm not sure that's the case. 
I don't how, know if it really hurt him in the Yama, in the case of Yamamoto because you know how agents work. I mean, he's the agent feels compelled to stand up for Stanton, but he's not going to deny his his player the best contract he can get if that's coming from the Yankees. So I'm not sure if that'll come into play there. Talking baseball with John Harper here on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, in a word, how active do you expect them to be this offseason? I mean, I think a lot of fans in their wildest dreams, they want them to go back to being the free-spending Yankees to where it's, you know, the biggest free agents and they're going to be Yankees. That's not the case, but do you expect them to at least be relatively more active than they've been, let's say, in the last couple of offseasons? I think they have to be, Dan. I mean, Hal Steinbrenner, I think he, look, he didn't come off great in that Zoom for sure. But I think he's feeling the heat as far as, as you know, he doesn't really express it in a way that fans want him to, but I think he's feeling it. Uh, the problem is, you know, he, he, again, he said, basically said he's not going to break the bank. Uh, he's never going to be, uh, well, now we always talk about George Steinbrenner, but he's never going to be Steve Cohen either. He wants to win, but he doesn't want to spend the most money. He doesn't think you have to do that. So I would think they're going to try and make at least one big move what that is, whether it's Yamamoto, to me, I think they've got to get a big bat. I just think that offense, even with Judge Healthy, isn't good enough. So uh, Bellinger's an obvious fit, but, it, I mean, Soto, Soto's the guy who really seems to be perfect for them. But are you gonna, are you, if you don't want to give up the prospects for, for Soto, are you going to wait a year? If you wait a year, then are you going to go spend for Bellinger and Soto? I don't think Hal Steinbrenner has an appetite for that. I don't think he has an appetite for signing. If they somehow get Soto, I don't can't see them getting Yamamoto as well. I think they have one big move in them. The question is, what is it? Are they going to give up prospects for Soto? They might be able to get them relatively cheap, depending on how many teams are in on Soto and how much how much teams want to give for one year of a guy they don't know if they, he's going to be able to contain, keep him long-term. So that, to me, is the most interesting storyline. So I'm kind of throwing Otani out for the moment because I feel like – I really do feel like he's – all signs point to him going to stand on the west coast of the Dodgers. I would agree with you. That's what I've been thinking. And, and look, they could have the flexibility if, like we just talked about, maybe some way they get somebody to take that Stanton contract off their hands. But I think that that's a remote possibility uh, at this yeah. stage of the game. How about with the Mets? Carlos Mendoza, the new manager, kind of maybe took us by surprise because we all thought that all roads were going to lead to Craig Council until they didn't here. I guess the question is, and maybe we don't even know the answer to this yet, Harp, how much is Carlos Mendoza going to be allowed to, oh, I don't know, manage if you know what i mean <laughs> i do know what you mean Dan. <laughs> that is the question we, we always have to ask now because uh you know there aren't many bruce Bochy's left in this in this world these days and, and him coming back was kind of, i think a good development for baseball him and you know him and dusty baker winning the year before but i i know i still don't think it's going to turn the tide because these gms these days they want their guy to be a collaborative guy they want him to work with their all the all the analytics, all the information they're getting. So I have a feeling that you know he's not going to he's going to be getting a lot of information to deal with in terms of lineups, in terms of the way they want to use relievers. That's just the way of the world these days. He's he's still going to have to make game, uh, decisions in game that are come down to his eyes, things like that. But he's not going to have the freedom that we kind of you know I kind of still like to see managers have at times trust what they're seeing. You you want a guy to trust what he's seeing in the game, not necessarily going to pull. Uh, a pitcher just because he's been around the order two times. So that's a great question. And, you know, look, we've heard a lot, I heard, we've heard a lot of good things about him. I've heard it from the Yankee people and everything else, but heard a lot of good things about Louis Rojas too. And, and I think Louis Rojas has, still has potential as a manager, but you never know how a guy's going to handle it at first time, especially in New York. A lot, you know, he had a lot of obstacles thrown at him, Rojas. 
the whole rat raccoon thing. Uh, you never know until a guy has to answer the questions day to day and the scrutiny that comes with managing in New York with game in game decisions, lineup decisions, all bullpen decisions, all that stuff. That's the risk in being a first time man taking a shot at a first time manager. Talking with John Harper here on 98.7 ESPN. And, and on that note, though, with, with Stearns and he now being the guy in charge, I mean, it's probably a little bit tough to gauge just how he's going to operate and then in turn how active the Mets are going to be this offseason, right? Because, look, I know David Stearns was successful in Milwaukee, you know, many trips to the postseason, a trip to the NLCS, we know it, but he was doing it on a budget that's certainly a shoestring compared to what Steve Cohen could potentially put forward, the small market that Milwaukee is. Is he going to try to adapt a little bit of that way of thinking, even though he's got a bigger wealth of resources to pull from now in New York? Well, he said he is. He said he was – I was watching him uh, be interviewed. Uh, he's not, actually, he's on NLB Network, and he said, you know, I, I learned in Milwaukee, working in Milwaukee to look – as he put it, look around corners that aren't, other people aren't necessarily looking. And I'm still, still going to do that with the Mets, even though we're going to have the resources to do different things. So I think it's important to get a GM who wants to be creative, no matter how much uh, money he has to spend, because we've, we've seen now spending money isn't necessarily the answer. You've got to make good, sound, sound baseball decisions. And you do have to find value in players because you can't spend on everybody. So I think that's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see how he handles it. They need, they need pitching. They need starting pitching. They need bullpen help and uh he, he can't spend at the top of the market on everybody so uh really interesting to see how he handles this i it, it, as you said it's a little bit of a mystery what are the mets going to do you know we were left with the impression after the scherzer and verlander trades that they're not going to spend all that much money but on the other hand cohen says he's going to be opportunistic i look i think if otani wants to come he would spend whatever it takes to get otani don't know if that's going to happen yamamoto seems to be the perfect fit because he's 25 years old, he's a young pitcher, and he want, he could be the guy that could grow with this young team, with this farm system that they have coming. Uh, but they need a lot of help. I think they need a big bat, too. Yeah. I don't know where they're going to get it, but it is going to be a test of, of Stearns' ability to find value other than just spending at the top of the market. Well, the other thing, too, you mentioned the bat. They've got a big bat here. And next question, any movement you think happens here with Pete Alonso, whether it's trying to get something done with a contract or I think last resort would be trade. I don't think he's getting traded. Stearns hasn't said as much. But could you see a scenario where maybe Alonso is locked up before opening day next year? It doesn't feel like it, Dan, just because, I mean, we know look, he went out and got Boris. That's a good sign that he wants to go to free agency unless he – I mean, I'm sure the Mets have tried. You know, they uh, they tra- they locked up uh, Jeff McNeil. I think they were probably trying around the same time for Alonso. I get the feeling he probably wants he probably values himself as if he had kind of judge, Aaron Judge money, and he's not he's not Aaron Judge, uh, he's, but he is a great power hitter, and a team that really needs power. So I think there's there's a big divide there. So I don't see anything getting done this winter. I agree with you. I don't think he's getting traded. It just doesn't make sense. This team still. They're going to try and win, uh, even if it's not. They're not going to try and win 110 games or whatever. They, you see, we've seen the last couple of years. You just got to get to the postseason. You never know what can happen. So, it doesn't make sense to me to trade Alonzo and start over. Um, at the same time, we know Steve Cohen. He can pay at the top of the market for Alonzo. If Alonzo has a great year, he'll pay to keep him. I think so. I, I don't see them doing anything except you know moving ahead, but. They need to find a bat to go with Alonzo in that in the middle of that lineup. Otani's the perfect guy, but I just not sure he's he's ready. He wants to come to New York. 
All right, let's close out on that note. Just look into your crystal ball. Do you think the Otani saga drags into the new year, or do we get something done before January 1st? <laughs> oh, let's hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It feels like it feels like there shouldn't be that, that much mystery to it. Um, I would think it could get done before the new year just because, I mean, a lot of people are going to be waiting on him. Uh, a lot of teams are going to be waiting on him before they make maybe that next move. So I would think they're going to, you're going to, they're going to make their offers and they're going to want answers. So when, in that, in that case, usually you can get an answer. And what's, what's the agent going to be waiting for? If everything's on the table, uh, it's not like he has to drag it into January to get the offers even higher. At least it doesn't appear that way. So I do think we'll get it done before Christmas. We'll see. It's definitely going to be interesting, and a lot of people are going to be a heck of a lot richer here over the next uh, several weeks. That's what we do know. Harp, thanks for a couple of minutes. As always, my friend, great catching up. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family, and we'll do it again soon. Yeah, same to you. Thanks, Dan. All right, buddy. There's John Harper, SNY. You can read his stuff, SNY.TV, all the time. I, I, I kind of think that the Otani stuff will get done before the end of the year. I do. You know, the winter meetings are going to get going in Nashville um, in a couple of weeks. First week of December, I believe. So that's where you're going to have a lot of the big movers and shakers and the big deals kind of um, taking shape. We'll see if it happens there or not. But I, I, I do expect it to get done, and I do think he's going to end up on the West Coast. I've been saying it since day one. I think he's a Dodger. I, I think that's where he's going. I think that the Dodgers' inactivity, or I should say relative inactivity, last offseason was kind of laying the foundation to give them the flexibility, knowing what was going to lie ahead here in this offseason. And... He's going to be wearing Dodger blue. I hate to say it, but let's go to the phones. Keith in New Jersey up next here on 98.7. Hello, Keith. How are you? Hey, what's, hey, what's going on, Dan? Good show. Glad nice, to Keith. Talk to you. As I was talking to your screener, uh, I'm not sold on Stearns, and I'm not sold on Mendoza because you had a guy who's an ex-Met and a former world champion manager in Alex Cora up in Boston. Why didn't you want to make the move to bring Cora into New York? He's a proven winner, and still the 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 Goose the Buck show walks will loom over this team if Mendoza doesn't cash in and, and improve. Well, Alex Cora wasn't available though. Uh, money talks, BS walks the marathon. If you really wanted Alex Cora here, as John Jasensky said, you make a phone call, see what it takes. Yeah, but you know what though? Here's the thing with Alex Cora. Do we really know? That he's the end-all, be-all, not for nothing. How did the Red Sox fare this year with Alex Cora? They were worse than the Yankees. Well, when you, absolutely, but when you lose your superstar to the Dodgers on the West Coast, and he are, and Mookie Betts already said, whatever offer, he turned down a mega offer from Boston to say he wanted out because he, they had no money to really get anybody else. And, they're yeah, putting, but, and guess what? Boston's not going to be that mammoth of a team again this year if you're looking at free agents. And as far as Alonzo's concerned, he joined the Boris, the Scott Boris Corps. Who's to say how much he – listen, I'm not a Yankee fan. Judge did a phenomenal job breaking, bringing Maris's record back home. It's not always about the stats. It's about the championships, something the Mets have not had, and they have not been to the World Series since Terry Collins. Well, they Keith, here's the thing. Keith, here's the thing with Stearns. i got to let you go because i got to hit the break, but I appreciate the call as always. Stearns, you got to give him a chance. Okay, 
and, and I'm not even throwing in the fact that he grew up a Mets fan and he's from here. I mean, okay, you want to get all warm and fuzzy about that? That's great. But all Mets fans care about is him delivering a winner. We know that, and he's smart enough to know that. He's a smart guy. Here's the thing about Stearns, though. All right? Milwaukee made the playoffs under his watch four years in a row. And they went to the league championship series. Think about that for a second. Like, you're going to poo-poo it and say it's not that big of a deal. Four years in a row. Any Met fan would give their firstborn up to go to the playoffs four years in a row, considering it's never happened in the history of the franchise. 